Welcome to Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolibová, that love coach who helps corporate women who have been pushed down and back due to traumatic relationship or childhood trauma in their past, which has caused them to see themselves not in a bright light that makes them people please and not show up the way they know they are capable of showing up. My mission is to help women who are on the path to heal from their past wounds, move through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can guide other women through online coaching, which is that deep down what they are feeling they really want to do instead of sitting in their corporate job. Each week I will be offering an interview or an idea that will support you to leave behind what isn't serving you anymore and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, and purpose. No more hiding, no more waiting. The time to take care of yourself, to uplevel your life is now. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. And my today's guest, oh my goodness, ladies, you are for a treat because I am so obsessed with her work and I secretly wish she would be in my life 15 years ago so I could save myself so much pain, so much trauma, so much money. Let's be real here. (laughs) But Ginger, I am so blessed to have you on today's episode. And I know so many of my clients are already following you. So we are really for a treat. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for having me, Katia. I appreciate you having me here. (laughs) Absolutely. And I was just telling her right before I started recording, I'm like, she is so gorgeous. So ladies, I hope that you had to the YouTube. And we're like both wearing flowers, you know, like sisters here, like white top flowers, like really teamed up and it's so beautiful. And she is such a like literally blooming flower. And if you're not stacking her yet on her Instagram, I'm like shamelessly plugging in, you know, loving me after and I just like totally butcher it. You know, living, loving me after we, it's so incredible and so beautiful. You got to go follow her. But before we go really deep into who you are and not who you are just in this world, but who you are for so many women in this world Mm -hmm. for a moment, for a just brief moment. And I, and I know you will trust me. We already like established this like a couple of minutes before the recording. Uh Uh-huh. I would love to invite you just for a moment to close your beautiful eyes, just for a moment. Okay. Take a deep breath in and just imagine sitting on a beautiful beach in Jamaica. You can hear the ocean waves and the breeze in your hair and you can smell the coconut that you're holding in your hand and you're smiling because you are literally home. You're feeling in peace, in love. Everywhere you look around, you see people laughing and playing and everyone is dancing to the rhythm of the music of the restaurant that is just by your side. And you're feeling so amazing. And as you're moving on the beach to the rhythm of the ocean and the music, 
you see very young woman passing by. She's in her early 20s. And as she's passing by, she looks at you and she say, you look so free. You look so happy. Who are you? What is the one thing you would love this woman to know about you? Not what do you do, but who are you? I tell her my name is Ginger, and I am a woman who is working on living her best life. So I've worked really hard to get to where I am today by really learning how to love myself and really learning how to craft and build really healthy relationships. And I think that when you have a really healthy relationship within, you know, with yourself within, it starts to emanate out, you know, coming out or showing to everyone else on the outside. That is so beautiful. And and we were kind of talking about it just a little bit. You know, it all starts within. However, uh-huh. when we are, you know, like when we are in the midst of the storm, when everything is happening, you really cannot clearly see that. So I wonder how did you how did you discover this clarity on what really matters? Because I know it took me like a decade. <laughs> yeah. To really realize what is important, because if not, we keep repeating the same pattern. So, Ginger, how did you step into that clarity? How were you able to step away from toxic relationships? So, I, so I'm a psychotherapist, and I started out my career working with children, mm. and I had the opportunity to work with children in foster care. And I would do work also with their parents because we would do a lot of work around reunification. And what I started to see was that a lot of generational patterns, generational patterns of abuse kept on repeating themselves, just similarly in different families. Um, I'd watch how the children would attach to the foster parents. You know, at first they'd be really scared and then they'd kind of like learn how to become more secure as time went on. But then when the biological parent appeared, their attachment shifted and changed, which tells us that attachment is fluid, right? It's, it's not stuck. It's not going to be permanent. Then I started working with adults exclusively, and that was sort of like a game changer because it was like I was seeing now the effects of what the children in foster care went through in adults that were sitting in front of me. And while what the kids in foster care kind of like went through was just really, really awful things. I started to realize that in my higher functioning adult population, they also had trauma that no one really talked about, but yet resulted in the same attachment issues as adults. So then I started to do more research on attached. I read this book attached. Um, and so I started to learn more about like what codependency looked like. I read that book, um, woman so much. Yeah, I had, I had to do my own homework because it was just like, wow, this is so incredible. And every, all the trainings I went to just kind of pulled together my professional experience. It was just like, okay, so this is what you were seeing and this is why I'm able to pull together patterns that I've seen like with our inner child work and then also our ego and then also just, you know, pulling in our inner parent, our inner adults. I feel like I've literally seen it all within the lifespan of my clients over the years. So that's really, really helped me in my work. And so pulling it all together now, 
most of my clients are women, right? So you see how women kind of get socialized into codependency just by Disney movies. And, you know, the prince will come and save you. And, well, women are supposed to give their best and do their everything to make everyone happy. And it just it's just like a bulb that just went off in my head, like, wait a minute. So this is like a real issue, right? And... I remember I was talking with my partner, like, yeah, um, this is what I think I really need to do. And we sat there, we came up with everything that night. It was in maybe 2016, 2015, I wanna say. And it kind of just kicked off from there because we were talking about just like how men and women, you know, operate in relationships. And it just goes so farther than um, communication issues, which is what we tend to talk about when we really should be looking at attachment connection, uh, what your childhood traumas look like, what patterns you're repeating, because no one talks about that in like typical dating relationship, you know, circles. So that's pretty much where Loving Me After We came, and that's how it was born. That's so amazing. And I love that you did like this whole circle, you know, that that it all just comes together and it just makes sense. And, you know, like aside from the work that you're doing, I truly believe that when we follow the, the curiosity, you know, like what we are really, because you were so curious about, you know, like, okay, now I'm working with the kids, but I'm also seeing this in a parent. And now this is men and women. And oh my goodness, like we are being programmed by Disney, you know, all of these things like following your curiosity always leads you to the next steps because sometimes it's so scary, you know, like it's so scary to like, oh, am I supposed to depend on me? Really? Because um, what, and, and I love that you said like in normal relationship, you don't talk about like childhood traumas and patterns and like, I'm so blessed that I can, you know, now in, in, in my relationship, but five, 10 years ago, like, oh no, it's like, it wasn't even a thing, right? It's like, yeah. we're so blessed to live in a times that people are more open and even men are opening up to talk about these things and relationships and really traumas and sometimes what we think it is it's not you know yeah. like have you ever like discovered it like we think like oh yeah it's this issue because my dad was beating me up that's now why I have these issues you know yeah. but it's so much deeper and I wonder um, how do you get into the deeper things because my experience and let me know what is yours is that normally what do we think it is it's not no. So a frequent issue, a, fre- a frequent refrain on whether it's like in my comments or at the Facebook group, um, or even sometimes I would say my one-on-one clients, um, they'll say, but I had a really perfect childhood. Everything was fine. And there's this show here called Law and Order. And I'll say to them, everything that we've gone through doesn't have to be as extreme as what went on in law and order. Meaning like, it doesn't have to be that someone called 911, that someone should have, you know, been taken away from their home. It literally can sometimes be that your mom was emotionally absent. It could be just that you learned really, you know, dysfunctional ways of communicating. Maybe your family was just really enmeshed. You probably came from a two-parent household, but if you had a household where your father was really distant and unapologetic about it, 
right? But yet you only witness his emotion being like within like angry outbursts. You might choose a partner like that and wonder, well, why am I choosing partners who are really angry all the time? Because you're repeating a pattern. But your brain doesn't really remember that your father was emotionally distant, doesn't really remember that he was angry all the time, but just kind of like a low bellowing anger. It just remembers like, oh, this is a pattern that I'm familiar with and therefore I'm gonna keep on choosing it because it's about what keeps you safe. So everyone says to me, well, I don't think I had anything coming on, but when we do what we call a life timeline, they kind of get to it really quickly and like, wait a minute, I remember so much. I just recently asked my group, I said, how do you guys feel about the life timeline? And they just started telling me, like, yeah, I just remember so much and it's, it's painful, I'm not gonna lie, it is, but they get to see what patterns have been repeating over the years for them. And they get to see now how they've been, they've been showing up in their relationships. So everyone says that I have a perfect, you know, but you know, I went through some things and everything's fine. I'm like, okay. You know, until they look at their timeline, because we've all gone through something. I've never met anyone that didn't have, that, have, that was in a toxic relationship that didn't have anything from their past that wasn't repeating today, simply because our brains are always engaged in something called repetitive compulsion. And that's where we are compelled to repeat the past because our brains are geared and wired for safety. So even if it was a father who was, again, really angry and messy, a mom who was distant, or a mom who was angry, it knows how to navigate that person simply because you're alive today. And it says to itself, well, I'm doing a fabulous job. She's alive today. So we're going to keep on, you know, repeating patterns of choosing people that look like our partners. There's a book, um, Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks and uh, what's it, the other one? Journey to Co-Commitment, um, Conscious Love by Gay Hendricks. And those two books are really awesome at explaining how this compulsion happens. And it's only until we literally wake up and allow our conscious minds to make the choosing and the decisions for us, we'll continue to make the decisions that are our unconscious will just continue to make in order to quote unquote keep us keep us safe but that's not how it works we have to be conscious if we want to choose healthy relationships wow it's so fascinating right before our call i was on a call with one of my clients and i was telling her you know she was like oh my gosh i sometimes feel that i always look for what's wrong i'm like that's normal your brain it's supposed to keep you safe your brain it's not yeah. supposed to be like oh you're supposed to be thriving and happy and joyful and everything is fine and butterflies you know like we were wired to stay the same and look for the same in us so like you said we will keep repeating the patterns until we acknowledge it. And I remember last year we were hosting our retreat in Bali and one of um, the attendees, the girl, she said, well, my childhood was fine. Like I never had like any abuse, anything big, you know, I, everything was good. I don't remember anything. I'm like, there's no way you don't remember. If you don't remember, it's because you're trying to protect yourself and like, put something on the back burner. And then she realized we went through the meditation and she was like, oh my God. Like now I see like my dad, he wasn't present and I miss him and he left, uh, you know, like he didn't come to give me a good night and I felt like I'm not good. Like all these things. And she started to cry because she was like, I, and I have a goosebump as I'm saying it because it was like, my childhood was good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it's not because we don't want it for them, but if you're not living the life that feels good to you, there is something. 
Yeah, there's always something there in the background. And it doesn't mean that our parents are evil. It doesn't mean that they didn't wish as well or want to do better. It's that they often did the best that they could with the tools that they had at the time, right? My mom didn't have access to, for instance, Dr. Phil when, you know, she was growing up. And I had to get to a point with her where I was just like, you know, she is her own woman today and she has her own struggles and where she ends and I begin her two separate points. So I have to be able to understand that if she could have done things differently, she would have. Um, I'm grateful that we are in a very different place today. But yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone has something there. And so we tend to think, well, trauma has to be, you know, huge and life-threatening and abusive. It's not always that. And then we kind of make it this Olympics of trauma where we're just like, well, it's not as bad as this person's trauma, but it still means something to you. And whatever that is, it's absolutely valid. Absolutely. And I feel, and I love that you're saying it, you know, you're bringing it to light because sometimes we're like, well, I didn't have this huge thing, so I cannot be complaining, but it's not about the huge thing. It's the story. It's the meaning behind it. You know, it's one of the, like, for me, the ground shaking stories, why I'm unlovable and unworthy was when I was a little girl, I had a little brother and he was watching cartoons with my parents and I have to be doing the chores. So yeah. in that moment, I decided I am unlovable because I'm not worthy to be watching the stories with them. Yeah. Now, when I look at it, when I'm 36, I'm like, oh, that's silly. But <laughs> listen, I live by that for three decades. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that can take a toll on you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You should see my relationships before this one. <laughs> Check, check, check. You know, like we, again, we are repeating the patterns to be getting the evidence of what we know, right? So I want to ask you, how do we step into the conscious? Because you said like, we're doing so many things unconsciously, just repeating the patterns, just going through the motions. And as we are repeating these patterns, we are getting even more and more evidence of why we're not worthy, why we're not lovable. How can you switch into the conscious? Mm-hmm. The way that we do that is by recognizing the pattern, the patterns that we're holding on to and engaging in today that keep us from becoming conscious. So I always say that awareness and insight are the catalysts for change. So in order for us to shift from unconscious living into conscious living, we need to become aware of the ways that we're living today that are not helpful and gain some insight into them. Mm-hmm. So if I keep on choosing partners that are emotionally distant, well, now I'm aware of it. So why might I be doing that? Well, is it a familiar pattern from the past? Oh, yeah, it is. So who's that person that represents this person today from the past? Okay, that might look like my mother. All right, so I may need to do some mother wound work, right? Or if it's your father, you may need to do some father wound work. And so just in that process in and of itself, you're becoming conscious. A lot of people say, well, you know, it's been six months and I haven't healed all the way. Well, healing is a continuous journey, right? And so it's ongoing. Right. So the more you become aware of it's the more conscious you become. And then just like going to the gym or eating healthy, it's a constant thing. So that's how we would move forward to become more conscious, at least to get started. And then as you start to build more relationships and start to look at how you think, right? Start to think it like when someone disagrees with you, what's your typical reaction? Is it an ego-based reaction? Is it an inner child's reaction? Like what, you know, which part of you is showing up and running your emotional show? Mm. I'm looking at you know, do you have trauma bonds in some of your romantic relationships? I talked about today on my um, site, on my 
Instagram account, um, trauma bonds being also workplace relationships and family relationships too. So looking at all these different ways in which your life is set up today, you have to look at everything. I mean, I had to look at just even a supervisor of mine where a director was just like, I think I superimposed my mother onto her. And it was just like this really odd thing. And it was like, we have a great relationship, but I kept trying to superimpose my mother on her, thinking that she hated me, but she didn't. And it was the weirdest thing to just be like, she doesn't hate you and it's okay, right? So had I not, I, I had the story in my head, like, oh, I, think she, I, don't, I don't think she likes me. And my therapist at the time said, she's going, how's your mother, how's your mother done this to you? And I said, oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> And that's when I realized that these issues can also show up in your workplace relationships. And she's absolutely one of my favorite people today. So it was, it's amazing to me how, you know, six years ago, I was like, yeah, she hates me. She has to hate me. Um, but yeah, so just becoming more conscious about every relationship that we have, whether it's like, you know, you make an assumption about the cashier at the supermarket, look at those things as well. Every part of your life is worth examining. Mm, wow, that's amazing. I love how you can like shift it and look into that. And I know you mentioned, you know, the inner child work and would, uh, and you recommended some um, amazing books. So I'm definitely going to look at those. What if people are in a point of um, realizing like, okay, I have a issues with my mom or I have an issue with my dad, you know, I would love to heal that. Are there any books that you would recommend or maybe if you want to guide us to your videos on YouTube or anything, you know, where can people connect, how they can do the mother work, father work once they recognize it. That's where it started. Okay, I see it. What do I do now? So books include um, adult children of immature parents. That's a really popular one right now. Um, uh, immature I'm sorry, Adult Children of Immature Parents. Uh, there's Homecoming by John Bradshaw. That's one of the, our inner circles reading right now. Um, the Emotionally Absent Mother is a good one. And then usually after clients read The Emotionally Absent Mother, they read Mothering Without a Map because they usually say to themselves, well, you know, I don't want to mother in the way that my mother mothered me. So mother without a map addresses that subsection of the population who kind of just feels a little bit lost in terms of, well, what do I do now? I don't want to be, you know, be parent. I don't want to parent my kid in the way that I was parented. And mothering without a map sets all of that up. Um, there's the inner circle, which is my membership. It's a monthly membership for people who kind of want to just get on the journey of healing their hearts after toxic relationships. And it's less focused on the messy relationships they, that they've been in and more so focus on the healing that has to happen within. So we don't really get into the, you know, narcissistic abuse. We talk about it, but we don't really get into that specifically because it's less about that and more about the work that you have to be doing on yourself so that you don't continue to choose those types of relationships so we read all of those books and then some <laughs> every month we have a new master class that launches so this last two months we've been looking at inner child in may and june and then 
Before that, we were looking at trauma bonds. Before that, obsessive thoughts. And coming up, uh, we have love addiction and betrayal trauma coming up. So we tend to hyper-focus on certain topics because whatever the hot topic is, is what we typically go over in the inner circle, just because it's really helpful, I think, for people to be able to look at where some of their wounding is coming from. Absolutely. And like you said, it all starts within, you know, because if we don't heal and don't create the change, it will keep repeating no matter. Like you leave one toxic relationship and off you go to next one. It's going to be like different places, different faces, but it feels the same, right? Yeah. So it's it's very important. And um, the inner circle information, can people find it on your Instagram or on your website? It's on my website and then all, which is lovingmeafterwe.com. And then also it's within my bio links on Instagram, which is lovingmeafterwe. I love it. I love it. I will definitely uh, leave the links there. And uh, I wonder what are some of your daily rituals? So make, you make sure like some of your non-negotiables, like practices or rituals that really make you feel this grounded because you're doing so much energy work with people like healing and everything. And I wonder how don't you take it on you? Like, how can you disassociate from that? You know, I, well, I do, I tend to section off my work. Right, so I only see one-to-one clients four days a week. And then also, uh, lately, I've just been trying to focus on settling down as opposed to like, oh, going for a run, walking, working out. That's important too, I still do them. My focus as of late has just been honestly taking more naps, taking more aromatherapy baths, lighting my candles. Um, It looks like talking to loved ones because my brain just needs time to decompress and settle down with everything that, you know, we've got going on right now. So for me, it's been, I told a girlfriend of mine, I actually have like these uh, full fur pillows behind me. I was going to get 16 of them and stitch them together and create like this, like a fur bed and just lay in it for meditation because I love them so much. I'm just laying on them all the time. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get like four across, five down and stitch them all together and get my candles and lay them all around, like, you know, wine and just kind of just like relax because I think it's just so important for us to decompress right now so any kind of complicated self-care ritual is not going to work I just need to keep it simple and just kind of just do what works in our states here we're starting to open up a little bit so you know hopefully being able to meet up with friends soon but not just yet so that's what I'm doing right now keeping it simple but just working on decompressing more than ever Yeah, it's so important. And like you said, especially now in these times, you know, it's like everything is surfacing up and everything feels so much, you know, and and so navigating through this and life and world and what's going on in astrology. I don't know if you're in astrology, like eclipses and retrogrades and everything. Yes, my elevator wasn't working today. The garage wasn't working today. And then I got locked in my stairwell. I was like, there has to be a retrograde happening. Five planets in retrograde right now. Yeah. Girl. I wanted to stay home. Stay away from the, like, hey, guys, I cannot be adulting. You will find me in my pillows. I got to stay safe. Yes. Because I, I just sat there today like, how does this happen? Why did I leave my house without my keys? Why am I stuck in the stuck inside the stairwell? And why is the garage door not opening? It was just just like everything happened at once this morning. I thought this is just awful. 
<laughs> well, I hope you will sleep it off with the yeah. pillows. Just relax, take some <laughs> and uh, before I let you off relaxing with the wine and the pillows, I would love to ask you, Ginger, what is the one last thing on your heart for a woman who are still going through the healing, you know, and they're still feeling angry at their excess, you know, and they're still feeling like connected even when they disconnect. What is the last thing you would like her to know? Your worth isn't connected to the behavior of the people that abused you. I think for a lot of us who've gone through love and abuse with, you know, our parents growing up, we tend to conflate the two. And so we look for love and abuse from our partners. And so we also sought in them our self-worth. And I think we have to remember that you are, your worth isn't determined by any of those people. It's determined by the love that you have for yourself and the love that you develop and grow within yourself. So focus there. Focus on reestablishing who you are, who you know yourself to be. So beautiful. Thank you so much. I super, super appreciate it. Please stay away from the elevators. <laughs> I will. <laughs> like, like, I'm stuck in elevator. No, uh, I know you will be safe. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing. Like I said, I love your work, love your energy, what you are creating and sharing. It's so beautiful and it's truly changing lives. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything you're doing. And I will definitely stay connected because your content, like, girl, it's all savable. It's all like, it's incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.